Welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. This is your host, Lisa Tomei. Today, our guest will be C. Rain. And believe me, you don't want to miss this. Harrison, Pennsylvania, is a poet, writer, artist, author, and self-proclaimed amateur genealogist. She researches her family and combines the knowledge with oral traditions she heard growing up, along with the mythology of reality, to write literature about her family. A writer since the age of nine and poet from the age of 13, at 16 she added amateur genealogist and family historian to her already impressive resume. She writes for and about people, especially black women, who internally manifest themselves with hopelessness and feelings of worthlessness, for and about women and girls who lose themselves in relationships. She writes about black femininity, her own family, and their history via oral traditions and attempts to show the consistent similarities between mythology and reality. C will have her bachelor's in professional writing from Bridgewater College, then go on to earn her MFA in writing. Welcome to C Rain. I'm really happy to have you here today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And I understand you're from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. How close is that to Philadelphia? Um, It's about an hour and a half away about from Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. One of my um, other poets that um, comes on here sometimes is from Lancaster, but they, they're from Philadelphia, but they live in Lancaster. So I don't know how it's pronounced. Oh, I'm familiar anyway. with Lancaster. Yeah. I have family there. Okay. All right. Let's see. Small world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you actually may be my third Pennsylvania person that's uh, been on here. So must be a lot of good poets in Pennsylvania. Now, you're a college student. Is that right? Yes. I'm a junior at Bridgewater College in Virginia. Wonderful. And I understand that you're working on your bachelor's and looking for your master's in fine arts. Yes. Um, I haven't decided where I want to go yet for my master's because my school only goes up to bachelor's degrees for mm-hmm. um, professional writing. But, yeah. Well, you know, I wish you all the best with that. And, you know, with this book that you have, um, the one that I listened to already three times, I have Kindle read it to me. <laughs> A pilot okay. that failed anything to make you stay. I really, really love the way you wrote this book. In fact, I was... On a podcast the other day, I was talking about you. <laughs> said, this oh, lady wow, wrote you. this book that um, I just love the way that you went, like with the vignette and then into the poetry and really told a story. I was like reading a poetic journal. And Thank you. That was the point. Um, I was worried, honestly, about it. I didn't know if it was too short or too long. When I first started marketing myself on Facebook, I was going through different poetry groups and I was like, is this too short? Is this too long? And for the most part, they said it was okay. It wasn't too short. And then I just went with my gut because I didn't want to combine it with something else and dilute the message of it. I think it was just the right link to say what you need to say. And with poetry, 
you know, it's really hard to define the length of a book. It's whatever you need. To, you can go with, you know, 20 pages. You can go to 300 pages. It depends on, you know, when you feel like it's done. And you have another book coming out. I had a notification on that one. Um, yeah. In a couple weeks? Um, no, so actually on Sunday I have one coming out. Okay. All right. On Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's, tell us about that I'm oh, sorry. Okay, so um, it's a part of, so I call this series a series that isn't a series because you don't have to read it in order, but I do want them to be grouped as one complete series. I didn't want them to be a whole book because I felt like then it would be three different kind of messages competing for your attention, a reader's attention. So mm -hmm. I set them up as three smaller chat books. And the second one is called Now You Don't Have to Worry, a memoir in verse. And it stems from my struggles with depression and anxiety. And just talking about how that kind of changed my thinking on a lot of things and how dealing with other people, especially with my mom, because she was the person who kind of advocated for me. So the title itself is kind of dedicated to her, Now You Don't Have to Worry. So yeah, that's what it's mostly about is just, trying to not suffer as much, but still living with depression and anxiety as a young woman. Wonderful, that sounds like a really valuable book to have. Um, I, th I think there are a lot of people right now that are going through a lot of things and um, like, you know, when your focus is, is on, you know, the black femininity and, and, you know, women's, I guess you could say women's issues or ever, you know, feelings of worth, worthlessness and things like that. Um, and this could be something that might help women to be able to feel, you know, like they can connect with someone and understand what they're going through. Yeah, I hope that it can do that. Um, I do like to focus on black femininity because I feel like it's such a complex and can be a very fragile topic and way of life. So I like to focus on that a lot. Um, but the, the now you don't have to worry doesn't specifically focus on that, although it does pull from different cultures. For example, I actually have, I actually took a Ukrainian lit class when I was a sophomore in college and I pulled a couple of lines from different poems mm -hmm. from someone named Yuri Isdrik because I thought it would be interesting to include a Ukrainian outlook on life and an African-American woman's outlook on life and mm -hmm. combine them. So, yeah. yeah. Great. That's a great, great idea. Um, and, you know, that was one of the things that I, I'm finding more and more because I've been working with um, a couple of people from Nigeria. And the point of view, the way of living, you know, the... Um, the, the privileged life that we really have in America compared to, you know, if we lived in Nigeria, um, you know, it's like night and day. And um, I'm finding it just interesting to, to read about and hear about the culture, cultural differences. And I'm finding it's probably helping me be more enriched, you know, as much as anything. So, yeah, it's it's, it's important to to, I guess you could say, take more of a world view uh, when you're working on these things because we are becoming the world versus, you know, an isolated area. Now, you, I also see that you are a genealogist. 
Um, yes, I call myself an amateur genealogist because I do a lot of research for my family. I have a very large family, and mm-hmm. I grew up all the time hearing about stories about them. As most African Americans do, you ha- you have these oral traditions which are passed down from generation to generation, and mm-hmm. you just grow up hearing these stories. Um, for some people, if you're fortunate enough, you get to see pictures of these people, and you just imagine like, wow, what would have been, what would it have been like to meet these people? So mm-hmm. as I got older, I started doing more research, and I actually got a job at North River Library, which is in Harrisonburg, well near Harrisonburg, Virginia. And they have an ancestry account that you can use when you're at the library. So I use that, and I used to always do research when I was working there, whenever I had the time to, of course, on my family. Because like I said, it's a very large family, and I like to combine the oral traditions I've heard with the census and marriage certificates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, I know it's a challenge. My sister... Um, yeah, she's passed, but she was a genealogist, and she would share with me some of the challenges that she ran into, and especially when she was working on a family um, who actually um, were kind of, you know, started here from the um, the great great grandfather, I think, was a slave, and they had, um, you know, it was really hard tracking the genealogy on the family um she was able to to do quite a bit you know because she had some family member help you know but it's it's a challenge i think do you find that to be true it's very true um as an african-american i found that it's so much harder to find information on your family because for so many ancestors you could have that weren't able to read or write so they couldn't write their name correctly for example, my so my my um poet name is C Rain and that comes from my last name, which is Range, which is R A N G E. And Range is a very, very uncommon last name. I've never met anyone with the same last name as me, besides my mm-hmm. family, of course. So, um I was doing research and I found that one of my ancestors was put as um Abe Rains, R A I N S. And then it was like Abe Rance, R A N C E. So it's like, what is our last name really? You never know because some people weren't able to read or write. They couldn't yeah. correct you or wherever they got their last name from. But uh-huh. yes, it is very hard to find information, especially I find in the African-American community, um, a lot of things can be buried under the rug. And it's like once that person passes, you don't want to talk about that person or this, mm. their misdeeds or whatever happened with them. So yeah, it can be very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, are you going to... Um, do any poetry with your genealogy? I am actually. My fourth release will be called Cultivation. Um, and that's going to focus on more on Black femininity, but also has poems about my grandmothers, my great grandmoms, and my great great grandmothers who I've heard stories about and seen pictures of. So there's a couple poems about them actually. Well, there's actually a whole section about them, um, just about people I've loved, I would have loved to have met. So, and at the the end of the book, I chose to include pictures of them and this little paragraph about the kind of people I looked up to or I look up to today. So I do include it in my poetry. Um, and Cultivation 2 will definitely focus on that more, but Cultivation 1 had will dip into it a little bit more than my previous releases. 
That sounds wonderful. I definitely will have to check that out. I That kind of um, writing just really fascinates me. I know one of the other ladies that I had interviewed a while back, she takes, um, she's a genealogist and she writes poetry and, and kind of connects the two together. And um, you know, that's what made me think about that you might also be doing something like that. So that's exciting. Um, I look forward to, to seeing that come out. Yes, that will be out February 18th. So. All right. Just around yeah. the corner. You're just, you're just on yeah. a roll getting these books out. <laughs> yes, I've been, I've been writing since I was about nine. And I finally decided I'm just going to release my books because uh, uh -huh. there's no need to wait. Who would have known that we would be in a pandemic or anything like that? So yeah. <laughs> you can't really write. <laughs> yeah, you can't really say I'm going to do this and then your whole world gets flipped upside down. So I just yeah. went for it, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, that's wonderful. I, I know I just got done publishing the fourth book for one of my clients. I'm like, it's just been wild with the pandemic. There's been so much time for them to to pull their stuff together and put all these books out. So go for it while you have the time. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, I anticipate that the publishing um, companies are probably getting bombarded. <laughs> so, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. Well, would you like to share some of your poetry with us today? Um, yes, I can do that. Okay, so, great. like I said, like I said before, I pulled from some different Ukrainian authors, but mm -hmm. I've also pulled from several songs that I felt would um, also properly convey my feelings. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read to, uh, let me think. I have them right here. I'm just trying to decide which ones I want to read, which one I want to read. That's fine. I'm going to read Untitled, which is titled Untitled, um, okay. to keep the suspense, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so Miss um, Janet said, she can't just let anyone hold her. I wish someone, anyone would hold me. To have and to hold. You don't have to, to have me, but hold me, please. Hold me when I beg you not to. Hold me when I'm shutting down, when nothing excites me. Hold me. Mrs. Jackson can be picky, but I can't. I'll beg you to stay like her. Mm -hmm. But please, hold me. Don't let go, but if you do, I understand. Just hold me. Hold me when it's you that's keeping me together. Hold me when self-doubt and confusion and, and anxiety and shame and nervousness is all that I am. Hold me when my panic attack won't let me breathe, when my head won't let me think, when my eyes won't let me see, when my mouth won't let me elaborate, when my soul won't stop aching, when my nose won't stop flaring, when my insecurities are shining, when my gut is too much, when I'm nothing but nothing, when I can't stop crying, hold me when I start losing control, when I won't let you, ha won't, won't let you leave, but I won't let you stay. Hold me, don't break me, hold me. Hold me when my leg won't stop jumping, my own arms won't stop spasming, my hands can't stay still enough to hold a pen. Hold me, hold me. Wow, that's really powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, very nice. Thank you. I actually got the, so the Mrs. Janet is in reference to Janet Jackson. I took mm -hmm. some lines from her song, um, I get lonely, which I find a very, that's a very powerful song to me mm -hmm. and very emotional. So, yeah. Yeah. 
you get a lot of inspiration from music connected as you know for music when you yeah. are writing do you like to play music in the background yes i do um for my though so for my book cultivation i actually have a poem i have a couple of poems that have a lot of different um, lines from music and that comes from there's this one poem called black and it's just talking about how we can identify how African Americans can identify as black when we come in different complexions and it says lines like when we come in honey brown or toffee lines like that that just I thought would be interesting to put in because you have all this music that talks about the different complexions that black people and African American people come in and I kind of grew up hearing those kind of songs so I thought it would be interesting to put that in a poem and just like what goes on in my head when I'm thinking, do I want to be, am I black or am I African-American? So. That's, a, that's interesting. Thank you. Are you, gonna, yeah. are you going to share that one with us? Um, it's actually really long. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a very long poem. <laughs> oh, okay. But it, I will, um, I will probably share it with my newsletter. When, when time okay. All right, yeah. Great. I'm signed up for that. Yeah. Did you see the last one that I posted? Yeah, the last one you posted just the other day. I signed up for it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be using that a lot to get my message out more, to get my readers excited. Great. Yeah. Do you have another one of your poems to share? So this one is called When They Ask, and it's, well, When They Ask, subtitled For Jeannie, Iona, Jesse May, and Bernie. When they asked, I told them Jeannie taught me. Power to the people. Taught me how to be versatile. Taught me to grab that pic. Taught me to take those pictures. When they asked me, I'll tell them Iona taught me. Taught me how to love and nourish my hair. Love my family. Be kind and caring. And hold that hand when I strike a pose. To smile beautifully, but not too much. To outshine everyone. To cook from the heart and the rest will follow. When they asked, I'll tell them Jesse May taught me. Taught me to be strong, be kind but stern, and mostly not to take any. Taught me how to love and care. Taught me to support my family. When they asked, I told them Bernie taught me. Taught me how to have fun, how to smile wild, wild, wide, and speak my mind. When, sorry, how to never bite my tongue. When they asked, I told them it wasn't direct. It wasn't from them, but they taught me. When Jenny taught Nika, Jackie, and Fly, she taught me. When Iona taught Dutch Pidge, Ona, Rachel, and Tack. She taught Debbie and Stephanie. She taught me. When Jesse May taught Mary, Mildred, Dottie, Beanie, and Helen, she taught me. When Bernie taught Josie, Doreen, JB, and Tommy, Henry and Harold, Connie and Charles Lena, she taught me. When God took them away, he gave us the red cardinal for Jeannie, the hair for Iona, the memories for Jesse May, and the reunion for Bernie. Bernie. He assured us that we see them again. Be it when we're doing our hair or taking pictures or cooking for the family or being the backbone of the family or smiling while they're living through us because they are us. We, we see those pictures, Jeannie with her girls, Iona with her pose, Jesse Mae with her grin, Bernie with her smile. We know it's them looking down and being proud, loving us, praying for us, living through us and watching over us. So when you see me, I hope you see Jeannie, Iona, Jesse Mae and Bernie because I should. Wow. It's great. Thank you. So yes. yeah, um, Jean, Jeannie's my grandmom that passed before I was born. Mm -hmm. I own my great 
great grandmother. Jesse May is also my great great grandmother, and Bernie is my great grandmother. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's it's wonderful when you have those memories, family memories of people who influenced your life. You know, it yeah. made me think of some of my own um, that I had forgotten to think about. <laughs> that was that's another one of the things I wanted to do with these kind of poems is have people think about family members that helped our family or helped us be where we are today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe ask questions about them, see pictures of them again and just think about them and think about how they're how they're proud of us for what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It made me think of one of my um, aunts um, who she just seems so happy with life. She was, you know, older and kind of retired and um, she was a widow and she was the one that always made me laugh and just, just had a kind of, you know, just live your life attitude. You know, she didn't care what the people thought about her. And that, that did stick with me about, you know, don't be so afraid just to be who you are, you know, and just have fun with life. Too short. That's a great message. Yeah. yeah. That's a great message. Mm-hmm. Do you have another poem to share? Um, let me see. Yes. You're such, um, such a good poet. I could listen to you, your poems all day. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so this one is called Is It Worth It? And this one also comes from Ukrainian poet. I believe her name is Irina Sardovich, I believe. Um, yeah, I also read this book when I was in my Ukrainian lip So is it worth it? The work of love is to wait. But who's to say you've waited enough? Who's to say you've done enough, seen enough, felt enough? Who's to say that love is good enough for you or enough for it? Or you enough for it? Yes, she has trained for this, to love more than she's given, to do more than she's given, to have more but act as if it isn't true. The work of love is to wait, to wait until it finds her, so that she could still, sorry. sorry about that, that she could still go out to look for it. Don't be needy, they say, nor desperate, they say. Don't be stuck up, they say, nor hard to get, they say. Yes, she has trained for this, how to be perfect. Successful, but not overly successful. Smart, but not a genius. Nice, but not overly friendly. By gosh, there are so many rules. The work of love is to wait. So whoever made that rule up. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. That's, um, that just stems from the, for like the heteronormative idea of thinking for women to mm-hmm. always, uh, I feel like demean them, not always, but demean themselves in a way or to have these set of standards that are usually not progressive or realistic in some cases. All right. Well, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share? Um, no, I think that's it. Um, yep, I've enjoyed this podcast. Well, I've enjoyed having you on here today. And um, don't be a stranger. You can come back on any time if you want to, you know, talk about a, you know, any of your books coming out, or anytime you want to do an announcement of a book, we can bring you on again. Okay, I probably want to do that for cultivation, which will be out okay. in February. Absolutely, yeah. Well, just let me know when you're ready, and we'll we'll get it set up. Okay, thank you. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on here today. You have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. If you would like to be on our show, just send an email to prolificpulse at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line, and I'll get back to you soon. Thank you so much, and you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank mm-hmm. you.